Hey, it's Lance, your host of yesterday's concert. Before we get this episode started, I want to take 25 seconds to tell you about my other show, Jam Journals. Jam Journals is a podcast that takes you on a journey through music history, featuring live performances from some of the most iconic concerts of all time. Each episode recounts a different concert experience through a dramatic narrative that brings the memories to life with vivid detail and emotion. Join us as we take a trip down memory lane of some of the most unforgettable concerts in recent history. Jam Journals is available everywhere you get podcasts. Yesterday's concert is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Grab your earplugs for another episode of Yesterday's Concert, a podcast that celebrates live music. My name is Lance Ingram, and in this episode we talk to Nicodemus. We discuss the DJ's new album, Soul and Science, performing around the world, and why performing on water is unparalleled. So I'm here with the world traveler, the world famous, veteran DJ, Nicodemus. How you doing today, man? You doing all right? Hey, yes, I'm doing very well. Thank you. And I'd like to say loved, not famous. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Come on, man. You're being too humble. So you were just telling me you're uh, currently in Napoli enjoying some wonderful, you're having a wonderful evening. Tell me again what you were doing. Okay. So yeah, I, I, I started a little tour for a new album and I'm about six weeks in and just finished playing on a beach down the coast in Salerno, Italy, on the Mediterranean side. And on the way back, I was just visiting one of my favorite little towns just south of Napoli called Torre di Greco, where they also have amazing pizza. <laughs> nice. Fantastic. So I had to do a pizza stop. Yeah. Well, that that sounds fantastic. And I'm very jealous of your travels. And so that actually leads in really well to my first icebreaker you're a world traveler. You've been all over the place. I've seen your Instagram. I know what you're up to. What's one place you feel like every music fan should visit? Every music fan? Hmm. Wow. I would say I just came up in a conversation today because we were speaking about America and I was across between New York and New Orleans hmm. and we were discussing like, you know, musicianship. And how, how much, how much quality musicianship there is in the subway in New York. Mm, yeah. And, and I, you know, sometimes we take it for granted. I say, yeah, you know what? They are amazing. And, and I brought up New Orleans. Just anywhere you go, pretty much, you're just going to hear the baddest musicians. And so both of, I, I think in New York, you have just so many varieties of music. You have salsa, you have rock and roll blues, you got hip hop jazz scene is crazy in New York. So I just feel like New York is one of them places that is endless music and I get endless inspiration by being in New York. One of the first things I do when I go home is I get in the subway and I start traveling around and then I go to like maybe a bar or a little show, a concert, and it's like almost every hour you can hear music. Hmm. That's beautiful, man. 
That's and I, I've spent I've been to New York, but I've spent a lot of time in New Orleans, and that's such a beautiful answer. I mean, I just it brought back so many vivid memories of walking the quarter and all these different areas, and just people on corners playing their hearts out. And I mean, you just you don't get that anywhere else. I mean, other than you know, like New York and places like that. But I mean, it really is so unique and fantastic. That's a beautiful perspective, man. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, yeah, and, and the other place I'd like to add is just that Cuba. I mean, the level. I just remember being blown away with the Preservation Hall Jazz Band when, when things just opened up in the past, mm-hmm. like maybe it was like eight, eight or 10 years ago. And I mean, we were all just blown away. Now those, those guys are like the, the top of the top musicians and they were just hearing like all the similarities, all the roots of the stuff that, that they've been doing, you know, for, for, for so many years. And the quality is just unreal. Every musician mm. in Cuba starts, you know, with the piano and then moves on to everything else. And they learn everything. You know, they learn, they're very well-rounded. That's fantastic, man. Well, that, that's a good segue into my next question is, what's a place that has had an influence on you that you feel may be underrated, somewhere that you visited that impacted you way more than you anticipated? I don't know about, like... Hmm. I would say Puerto Rico because I was very young and hmm. very impressionable. They were open to a lot more fusion. So I was straddled in between the old school salsa legends who a friend of mine introduced me to and the hip hop world from, you know, the whole Giant Step days when I was working with Giant Step back in the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. So in Puerto Rico, I was like kind of between both those scenes and the, the salsa side really, really just started blowing my mind, like the level of, of not only musicianship, but like a fun people have playing and camaraderie with other musicians and freestyle. It was just like, it was something I haven't seen that much where it's less planned and more spontaneous and fun and lyrics were made up on the spot, like in hip hop, but in, in a live music setting with, with, you know, salsa and, and boogaloo and, and all types of different, you know, types of music from Puerto Rico, like bomba plena, you know, all the styles. Mm. I think I'm actually, I'm going to skip the next, I'm going to come back to it. I'm going to get that other icebreaker in the conversation. I want to jump in right there, man. Because that's a, one of the things that I, when I listen to your music and when I read about you and I look at your Instagram and all these things, one of the things that I pick up on you is you, you have so much osmosis and just not just in your music, but like how you perceive music, how you think about music and just how you approach life. It seems where, where's that stem from, man? Where's that coming from? Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's a Libra quality or if that's a New York quality of just being around such diversity and diverse people i don't know if it's like a quality my mom gave me being like a hairdresser who was just constantly you know talking to people and understanding their stories and fitting in and you know aiming to please you know like this like you know i started as a dj so i was always just like trying to like you know make people happy in many styles of music i came from a background where People listen to hip hop, reggae, house, and classic rock and roll. So I was constantly like for the kids in school, trying to make them all happy, making the mixtapes, like trying to blend in like the Steve Miller band with like a fat, you know, hip hop beat. 
So I guess I was always just trying to get people on the same dance floor, regardless of where they're from or what kind of background of music they were in. I hated these like segregated things that I was seeing in, in school and in communities. So I guess I was always just trying to blend the lines of everything, age and, you know, everything, music, you know, different styles of music and socioeconomics, everything. Mm. That's, I mean, you, you know, you talked about scenes earlier and you are talking about the blending of those two scenes that you were kind of torn between. Like, what do you think is the, like, it's kind of a cliche, silly question, but like, what do you think is the power of music to tear down those cultural barriers and like promoting diverse communities in that? I mean, it's, you know, I, I like that you're coming at it from the angle of like, I just wanted everybody to like something, but like, what do you think about it now? I, I always still go back to like music, food, love, and fitting in, like socializing and people want to be accepted. And I just think like music and food are just the best and quickest ways to just get people together and on the same page and on the same dance floor or conversing or breaking down barriers. And I've seen it my whole life, you know, with everything, every, even in, in places that have, have been torn by war, you know, they, they still, they have similar rhythms across both sides of the border and similar songs and melodies with, with like slightly different takes or, but time heals a lot of that stuff. I've seen it happen and, and sooner or later, especially like, oh man, if you want to talk about house music, the ultimate unifier dance music, where it's just that solid, you know, thick drum that just penetrates deep in your heart and in your, in your stomach, you know, the bass mm. and the monotony. I, hate, I don't want to say monotony, but you know, to some like live musicians growing up, I remember them being like, how could you listen to that beat over and over? And it's this, tra it's trans, transcendental, you know, like it, you, it transcends you a lot of this electronic music, house music, techno music, you know, and you forget about a lot of like, especially if there's no lyrics, mm -hmm. you forget about, you know, a lot of the boundaries that there between each other in a club or mm. in a festival or anywhere, you're all feeling the common thing, you know, in your chest and in your soul, you know? Mm. And the, you're talking about that. Like, I don't, I'll be forthright. Like, I don't know a lot about house music or dance music. I enjoy what I hear, but I don't know a lot about it. But what you're talking about sounds a lot like jazz to me. Like I find a lot of freedom in jazz and what you're kind of saying is speaking to this, speaking the same language in that terms of like, the freedom that's being found in music. Do you, are you agreeing with me on that? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Especially jazz. Cause it's, you know, it's just taking you away and you got, you got to be on your feet. Like it's spontaneous. It's, it's moving. It's a, it's a moving train, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and I think it's fascinating. Like I can remember a concert I went to like a couple months ago and it, it was just a jam band. And they, so they were playing, I mean, I love long instrumental music. And so they were just playing a lot of these long jams. And at the end of the show, I went up to the drummer. And I was like, hey, man, thanks for that. Because it was literally like one of the last times I can remember being so swept up in the music that I completely forgot what time it was. I forgot what like day it was. I forgot how sweaty I was. And, and I think that gets overlooked like in these live performances now with all the lights and the things and like 
the point is just yeah. to get so swept up in the music that we lose ourselves, man. And, you know, how do you approach trying to bring people to that state when you perform live? Well, you know, there's this like some dance to remember, some dance to forget, right? <laughs> and yeah. I love personally the dance to forget, like let, let, let loose, get deep into it. But not every place is like that. Like if, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you, you read the room and for me, I read the room right away. It's so easy. I figure it out. Is this going to be a crowd? I need to like kind of keep the hits coming, keep it funky, keep it vocal, fun, you know, salsa, change styles, or is this a crowd that I'm going to just, you know, get more into deep, long mixes, long songs with breakdowns and then really, you know, inspirational builds and then, mm-hmm. you know, keep bringing the tempo up slowly, slowly, slowly over the course of two hours. So you know what you have to work with usually right away. And I love clubs. There's, there's this new thing happening, which I, I enjoy so much is that they're asking people to not turn on their phone. Mm. No photos, no videos, no shazamming, no, you know, no, just, it just, to, it's to encourage people to really just get into the music. There's no frills. There's no lights and visuals. And I'm, the more I see stuff like that, I'm like, oh yeah, that's where I want to play. You know, I want, I want people to really get into it all the way and You know, some people also can get into it other ways. That's fine. But they tend to get into it and lose themselves more when it's like, you know, like the way we just described the jam band and and this type of club, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, but for you as an artist, like the the shows where you really, you read the room and and you're going to get to space out a little more. You're going to get to breathe in your set. Are those the more transcendental transcendental shows that you're going to remember? Or, I mean, there's got to be a lot of fun in keeping an active party going. Like you were talking about just playing the hits and keeping it funky like that too as well, right? Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, both both serve different purposes and both are very memorable. You know, where you're just hitting one after one after one, mm-hmm. changing rhythms, changing the tonality, changing the vibe and people are responding. That's just, you know, that's another memorable way. It doesn't always have to be these really long extended deep sets either, but I do appreciate that more and more. As a music like, fan, that has to that has to offer more fulfillment than just being able to like play the hits more or less, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm a music fan that is the first on the dance floor and the last on the dance floor. And all my <laughs> days off, I go out to see DJs and bands. And I like their whole story. I like the whole mm. story. And that some DJs can really, really take you there and tell you the whole story, you know? And anyway, yeah, it's just, I think, I think I get more fulfillment on the dance floor like that or at no, at, you know, at a concert like that as well. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. And that's, I mean, one thing that like I, I was looking through your Instagram and just kind of peeking around, seeing where you were and you posted a, a photo earlier in July where you mentioned you were listening to church bells and how transcendent how music transcends time, place, and space. You you strike me as the kind of guy that hears music everywhere you go, just even outside of like an actual performer, an actual musician, like you hear the birds chirping and you hear the melody there. Is, I mean, am I catching on to something with you? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And in, in that case, I just remember just having this beautiful feeling of being in this ancient town in the middle of Sardinia, Italy, 
and they have a com- their complete own style of music using you know microtones, a lot of singing, a lot of singing about you know wh- whether it's farming or I mean, there's a lot of you know of this folkloric music. Alan Lomax did some great work around there and in Sicily, and I actually found it. There was a museum of music in this tiny town. I got you know a couple of headphones and recordings, and I got to listen to all this music before my set. Mm. And it really inspired me. And, and, you know, I'm sitting there with the church bells going in this, in this city that, you know, <laughs> all built of stone and so beautiful. And I thought, okay, I'm going to be DJing in this, you know, orange grove fruit. It was like fruit everywhere in a courtyard. I'm going to channel that sound and that history mm. and that vibe. And then give them more of other stuff, you know, my experience. But I'm going to channel that too, to let them know I'm with them, you know? <laughs> mm. And it worked out really well. It was really cool. It was, it was just a beautiful experience. And it just showed again, like, that all this historical roots, and they all are relevant today. Like, some of the rhythms are still the same. They just, like, with a sadder beat or, like, programs mm. on a computer or, or, or you know, slightly more modern but all that stuff still works you know mm. no that's that's i mean again it's so beautiful and that's i heard a comedian last week i was listening to a podcast talk about any city they play in they try to read the paper read the news walk around figure out what's happening in the city because that's what they want their first beat to be is to be to be something about the city because it's instantly going to connect them with the audience and, and i love mm-hmm. the idea of you doing that as a performer you're bringing in the sounds and the culture that you've heard and ingested and you're putting that out through your music. And I mean, you know, you're working with the set of songs, but you're, you're also channeling that in different ways. And I think that's just, I think that's wonderful. That's that's fantastic, man. I make my mistakes too. Don't get me wrong. Like yesterday was a great example. I'm playing a song by this band that's really blown up over the past few years from Napoli. They're called New Guinea or New Guinea. I think they changed the name to New Guinea. And they're playing like very, very 80s kind of, you know, vibe Napoli songs in the Neapolitan dialect. Mm-hmm. And I just played in Napoli the night before the same song and the place went absolutely mental. Like, <laughs> I, I, I just could turn the song off and everybody's screaming the lyrics and they're so happy that I knew it, you know, after yeah. a whole night of different music showing them where I'm from, I was like, oh, I know this. And they really enjoyed it. So the next day I traveled just an hour and a half south and again at a great beach party and this is feeling good. It's feeling similar. It's like, oh, I'm going to do this again. And I played it and I got on the mic. I'm like, those I don't know, I said something about Napoli, like, hey, what's up, Napoli? And I got the stone cold look and this two girls in the front just <laughs> wagged their finger at me. And then I'm like, I'm like, what? Like, I really didn't get it. I'm like, what did I like the song? And my friend who, who's DJing before me, he goes to me on the side. He's like, yo, Nico, this is, this is Salerno. They don't know. <laughs> They don't, they, we just crossed the border into Salerno and they really not feeling it. And then I said, oh my God. And I got back on the mic and I said, I'm really sorry. I'm going to explain this in English. I was like, I just came from Napoli where everyone was going crazy with this song. 
but I made a big mistake. And, you know, that would be like if I was in Brooklyn and I said to everybody, hey, how you doing, Queens? Mm -hmm. I would get the same response. So, how you doing, Salerno? And then everybody started cheering, okay? <laughs> and it was like, a little classic, you know, it, it, it's happened before and I've seen it happen before. But, like, that that was so funny. I just, they were not even trying to be like, no, we're in Salerno. They just looked at me and were like, no. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Right? But I mean, that's as long as you've been you've been doing this for since the late 90s. I mean, if that's one of your biggest mistakes, then you're doing pretty, pretty well, man. Like, that's that's a good run there. Like, and that's not a big mistake. That's OK. No, no, I'm just, it's just saying it's kind of funny, though. <laughs> oh, no, I agree. So with that, I want to go back to one of the icebreakers I had, because I think that we can talk more about this than just an icebreaker. So I, I saw you you've DJed on the Nile. You do like every year. Is that what I saw? Pretty much. Yeah. So you yeah, we did on the turntables on the Nile. Yeah. Yeah, that's killer. Like I love that. That's so cool. And so I you've done that. I've seen the blues on the Mississippi River. In your opinion, what's the magic of music on water? Oh man, that is a good question. A lot of times it's like the freedom. Well, first of all, the water is flowing. That's an energy. Mm -hmm. And the water is passing. You're always getting new water, fresh water coming by and passing. That's something in itself. You're outside, usually, if you're on the water. And that's, that's another thing that I absolutely loved, being a club kid, always coming from the clubs and being inside in these like closed spaces. The first time I started turntables in the Hudson was outdoors, and the magic was felt by not having a ceiling over our head and not having neighbors around, you know, like the turntables on the Nile was a similar situation. It was a boat that was like, it was a stationary boat, but there was no neighbors and we can play the music and not have that kind of stigma in your head. Like I'm considerate, you know, I'm not, I'm not that DJ who's just going to like, you know, put the volume on 10 and blast it. Like I'm always thinking of my surroundings and like, mm -hmm. hey, is it going to affect anybody? So when I'm doing parties on rivers or like if the boat is actually moving in the river, it feels, it feels like, I can let loose a little bit more and the people mm. can, because we're not like, you know, we're not worried about the police, worried about the, the neighbors and how, how they're being affected by the sound. I think that's, mm. that's another strong element other than the, the pure beauty of the nature of being on a river and the wind and the, you know, the, the, the sun, moon and stars, all that. Plus, I mean, I can only attest as an audience member in that setting. But I mean, as, and you kind of touched on this and I'm asking a little bit of a redundant question, but as somebody who's up on the stage looking out at that, like, how do you take that in? How do you channel that through your music as you're playing? I don't know. It's like, again, like you're just always reading the room. You're always kind of like trying to feel what people want, want to do with their energy. Last week we played in Palermo on a, in, in an outdoor festival and it was 110 degrees. Wow. And at night it only went down to like a hundred. And I just kind of was, was, I was looking at the crowd. People were dead. They were tired. They were lethargic. I was lethargic and fanning themselves and sweating. And at that point I said, wow, I got to change my vibe. I got to change my approach here and maybe start with a little more down tempo, dubby, a little more 
relax and then build it up and let's see if I can kind of stretch their energy and make them forget how hot it is. And by the end of the set, I was up at like 120 beats per minute, you know, more like, like Caribbean music and trying to keep it more happy and, and fun. Like we were in the Caribbean, like we're hot, yeah. we're in Africa, we're hot, we're everywhere. Anywhere it's hot, we're going to sweat and we're gonna have fun. And, and that kind of works. I mean, I guess you always got to read the room, read, read the element around you, but also like, especially the, the crowd. That's the main number one. Hmm. But I, I just talking about this makes me think one of my favorite memories of seeing music on the river, Mississippi River specifically, was seeing Neil Young. He was headlining this festival and he came out at like midnight, one in the morning and he played down by the river, which fit nice. but he played, it was like 40 minutes long. He jammed it out so long and it was such a, he kept going back to that main riff and it was kind of yeah. like you were talking about earlier. It was just droning and you just, you have the the river just churning. I mean, this massive deadly river next to you churning hmm. and you have that riff just droning over you for 40. I mean, it's, it really was just transcendental. I mean, it's beautiful. Just, you know, and I keep thinking about you and like all these places you're playing, like the atmosphere and like the location matters so much when playing music. And I think that gets overlooked. Like, you know, I'm a big venue guy, like menu matters. Um, I was wondering if you could speak to that as well. Yeah. I mean, you, you play, you play the sunset the past couple of parties. I had, I had the, the honor to be playing during the sunset. So that's a special moment that you want to give people. You got to time it right. Cause sometimes the clouds will get in there and <laughs> shorten yep. that sunset up really quick. And then you're like, oh damn, hurry up. So, you know, you play to that. Sometimes it's a beautiful amphitheater. I remember playing at Red Rocks. Oh my God. Mm. <laughs> wow. It's amazing. Uh, but like, you know, these ancient out here in Europe and Italy and Greece, you, sometimes you, you're in some beautiful amphitheaters and i mean it's you got to play to it you got to play to it you got to feel it mm. in some way do your thing of course but like you know be a little more open to the elements and the venue sometimes you're in a black box mm. in berlin with the craziest sound system you've ever heard and maybe you're going to play less live music sound and more bass sound you know more mm. get deep get grimy, get those low hertz in there because that's what people are probably there for or that's what sounds best in that type mm -hmm. of setting. Yeah. That's cool, man. And, and I love I love hearing you talk because you, you, I mean, you do what you do, but you're also catering to the fans so much. I love that you're you're so receptive. I mean, it goes back to building that cultural, like breaking down that cultural barrier. I mean, there's such an important theme that just seems like it's second nature to you. That's how you you read the room and you, you build this environment for people. I love it, man. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's like, sometimes you're, you're given, you know, they don't know who you are as a, as a DJ performer and, you know, maybe you're not fully satisfying their requests. Maybe it'll be reggaeton and I don't, I don't even, I don't even own it. One reggaeton song, but maybe I'll hit them with like a little dance floor reggae, which is, you know, where reggaeton kind of stemmed from. And it'll, it'll do, but there's definitely times I'm caught out there. I like to be, I like to be built where people come and they know who I am and what I do. It makes my job a lot easier and a lot more able to do what you just said. 
But sometimes I'm caught out there. I know nobody knows who I am. I'm in a in a situation and where the, I'm a hired talent because the owner likes me and they know I would play really well in this environment. They want to have me pass by and educate their crowd in that mm. type of music. So, but it's not always like, you know, I can play for everybody. Like I try, but it's sometimes it's a miss, you know, you're like, oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, mean, I, I can definitely say I'm lacking in the like really new like trap and reggaeton and, and stuff like that. I just I'm 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 definitely lacking in those departments and I'm not gonna fake it. I'm not gonna no. do it. <laughs> well, I mean, good for you for being true to yourself though, man. That's cool. So well, as we start to wrap up. Soul and Science, it's out now. It's a fantastic album. I really, like I said, I don't know much about house music, dance music, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it and appreciate you putting it out there, man. Thanks so much for doing that. Thank you. Yeah, and, and I mean, just part of the reason I, I wanted to call it I Am Not AI, I Am Not A Robot. I was kind mm -hmm. of like in the beginning, like really pushed back by this whole artificial intelligence in arts and music. And I I purposely made it more collaborative with live musicians than than usual like i i really wanted to i really wanted to show off a human collaboration mm. and how much more fun it is to collaborate with friends and artists and how much more dynamic it can be than you know doing it all by myself or with the help of any kind of computer programs or ai or anything like that I thought it was really important to make that statement. And instead of saying I'm not something, like I'm not a robot, more what I am. I'm soul using the science, science being the music and the technology, but we are soul and let's keep the soul alive. Like, I think that's really important. Mm, that's beautiful, man. I, th I can't think of a better place to end it either. Nicodemus, thank you so much for chatting today, man. This was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for the interview. It was great. I'm Lance Ingram, and this is Yesterday's Concert. Thanks for listening to another episode of my show. For more live music podcasts, and check out our other show, Jam Journals. If you're feeling kind, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and check us out on all the social media platforms. Email us at info at yesterdaysconcert.com, or visit our website, yesterdaysconcert.com. So until next time, give us a subscribe, tell your friends, and most importantly, take care of your shoes. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. 
That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 